Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we just joking about this the other day? I think when Ryan Weber was here, we were joking about the buttons not working. What circumstances have to happen for the mic button in this studio not to work? Totally nothing that would be fault on my end. That's for sure. Where's Zant? Zant's laughing at me Zant's behind me right now. Zant's in there. And he's sitting in the back, giggling. Laughing, yes. <laughs> Little prank between you two? Is that what's going on? We no need comment. this mic button to no work. No comment. The other one cannot work. That's okay for a while. We don't have to worry about that until two. Hey, but you know what? We what? fixed it, and now we're here. <laughs> and now we can move on. We don't have to talk about it anymore. What did you ask me yesterday? What What would happen if... Oh, so the, the hypothetical Welcome that Welcome in, Zant everybody, I, by the way. John's yeah, on vacation. The hypothetical that Zant and I always bring up to each other is what happens if you and John just don't show up one day? Like, do we just, do we just take it? <laughs> Obviously, you tell the boss... I, what I appreciate. But who, I would love to know, would anyone be interested in listening to what Zant and I have to say? That, so, is, that is the biggest question. I like that your first concern is what we're doing on the air and not the reasons that neither John nor I at the same moment can't make it onto the show. Um, in answer to your other question, would I be in? What would you two talk about? What I do you know, in, what, Trivia is all I know that the sports, two of you do every day. Sports and video games, probably. Oh, boy. So oh, entertaining, boy. I know. Uh, okay. Doing our best back here. Uh, so that has happened um, way back in early COVID days. And I, I have in my head that Will and Dan ended up being on the air together for a while. And it might not have been us. It might have been Dan and Parks. That time of life is a little fuzzy at this point. And so I don't really remember. But it has happened. And I think who's around I think Dan was in the building, maybe. Like, who's here? What we would have probably is a little best of for a bit until we figure out. Just pull some recordings, anything we had previously. Who got hit by a bus? Who? <laughs> like, let's figure out what the problem. Yes, call the boss first. Yes, first and foremost. Maybe the boss does a show for a while. Ooh. Get Alan back in the game here a little bit. Let him come in. We could talk with him. <laughs> yeah, you could interview I'd, I'd do a show with Alan. Absolutely. I'm sure he's flattered to know that, that you would that you would do a show with him. <laughs> um, did you have a phone service this morning? Are you an AT&T customer? I'm not an AT&T customer. I'm not either. It's a good day to have Verizon. Absolutely. Or T-Mobile or whoever you've got that isn't AT&T. Um, you've struggled today. There was I was up at four whatever this morning, and the first person that I saw talk about it online was Nick Bender, uh, our friend from Channel 9, and then uh, Cody Holyoke from Channel 9 also was talking about it. And initially, they thought it was all of the major companies. Then it appears as though AT&T really got hit. 
Then 911 service was out. And that's always concerning then. And then my next thought, of course, thinking about the show is, well, are people going to have cell phones to be able to text and call? And then I get on the internet in this building via my cell phone because my computer hates the internet in this building. Anyway, we went through multiple scenarios and uh, we're not really getting a good reason for why, for what happened with AT&T. We know it's not fixed because we're still seeing stuff about it online. But um, in all seriousness, just keep in mind, I'm sure you know that there, I don't know how you found out, how you figured it out this morning that your phone wasn't working. Somebody told you they didn't get a message or it showed no service or something like that on there. But um, yeah, there is no timeline for when things are going to be back up and going for sure. Um, Yes, we are awaiting a live moon landing. And I said that to you a few minutes ago and you said, what? Um, I'm looking to see what time this is supposed to happen. CNN makes it seem like it's going to happen right now. I cannot see that far. I think it's this afternoon. CNN is saying coverage begins at 5 p. Why do they have it on their screen now? Yeah, I don't know. I thought, oh, we're going to have, again, space geek that I am. I thought, oh, we're going to have a moon landing. Yeah, it gets the show. me excited a little bit. It did. I thought, oh, well, we'll, we'll wait before we get in anything here because we're going to have, it would be, or will be, we'll think positively about it, that it is going to happen. Uh, it becomes, when it happens, the first U.S. moon landing since 1972. That is pretty significant. We sort of let go of going to the moon for a while because now we're focused on Mars and we're focused on the fact that we're going to have to replace the International Space Station in a few years. And, man, there's stories out about that, too, about how that's going to be privately run, the International Space Station, um, when they decide to pull it down. Is it 2029? I think that it's coming down or 2030. It's um, whatever's going to replace it is not going to be run by NASA. NASA is not going to have a role in that. And so that'll be really interesting to see what this private company is that does it. As I go squirrel for half a second, my favorite fact about the International Space Station is where they're going to crash it when they when it's time for it to come down. It's going to go to Point Nemo, which is a point in the South Pacific Ocean. It is the point that is the farthest from any populated land on Earth. And it's where apparently it's where they crash all kinds of stuff from space. The consensus I'm seeing is 2031 okay. is when it's coming down. Okay, that's not that far away. That's pretty soon. Um, I don't know. I've not heard yet what, they're, what the actual structure is that they're going to replace it with. But they're just going to bring it down and put it into the ocean at Point Nemo. And it's really, really deep there. And it's not... I think Chile is your closest land. I mean, you're you're thousands of miles away from anything. But um, what a cool place to go and and scuba dive and that kind of thing. Is everything going okay in there? You look stressed. Are you, you talking? Good? Are you talking to me? Who else is in here? Oh, I well, Zant's back here too. <laughs> I can't see Zant. Sorry, I don't know Hi, what's Zant. going on, Zant. No, we're all we're, we're, we're hanging. Okay, out. okay. You look Feeling just look good. very intense. Um, we have a lot coming up on the show today. Like, yeah, we got a lot coming up. I'm getting ready to go. Well, I know you had stressful morning. Just like, a, a busy morning, yes. Things were running behind. I had a really relaxing morning because we've just got so much coming up today that just kind of knew what was going on, which I probably shouldn't have said out loud because that absolutely means that something's <laughs> going to happen that I'm not planning on. Um, but there is a ton going on in the world today, and we're going to get into um, several things that you want to stay tuned for. So uh, we had a really great conversation yesterday about your feelings about organ donation, because we had the story out of Michigan, out of Muskegon, where you had the young woman who had put on her driver's license that she desired to be an organ donor. You know, you can make that decision and then they put the little insignia on your driver's license. And then we don't know exactly the circumstances around her death, but she had a headache and on the way to the hospital to get treatment for this headache that I guess was really bad, she apparently said to people, I don't want to donate my organs. 
And apparently that was known in her family, but she didn't change her driver's license. So this went all the way to court. The family wanted to um, honor the verbal wish to not be an organ donor. And the organ donation um, organization in Michigan, Give Life Michigan, said, but it's but the official designations on her license. So this went all the way to court and the court went with the family. The court said, we think that those wishes are more updated regardless of what her license is. So thanks to the Midwest Transplant Network who heard yesterday that we were talking about it and reached out. And I think we have a lot of questions and maybe just to clear up some facts about process. Also, for those of you that are nervous about it or have feelings about that, if you have questions, feel free to text them in, 913-586-7798. And then, uh, coming up at 11 o'clock, uh, so a couple of days ago, there was more of a private neighborhood meeting in the Crossroads District about the future of the Kansas City Royal Stadium going into that six-square-block footprint that would take out 20 or so businesses there. Last night, there was a public meeting at the Truman Sports Complex, and now we know that this neighborhood group is more of an organized group of people. David Johnson is going to come on uh, coming up at 11 o'clock to tell us more about that opposition and what the reasons are and what they're hearing about from the Kansas City Royals. So that's at 11. And then coming up at noon, we will go further into parade security. Um, Yesterday... Uh, We talked a lot about this yesterday, but the point was made or the concern was made. How do you secure that parade route? And that is the subject of legislation. And Democrat uh, state rep Anthony Ely out of Grandview is going to come on with us at noon because there is a push now to make it a requirement to secure parade routes. And we'll ask him that when you have a million people along a parade route and so many streets that feed into that route, how do you secure that? So tons going on that we will um, get into today, plus everything else that's going on. So we'll take a break here. Um, man, people are still, I I didn't realize how big of a deal this current Casey Current Stadium parking problem was going to be until I spent more time on Twitter last night than I had uh, here in a few days. And man, um, Again, I'll bring it up again because people are really upset about it, and I get it. And there are a lot of season ticket holders. If you missed this announcement yesterday, the um, season ticket holders were sent an email saying, you have already bought your season tickets. And that's the part of this that really stinks is that they bought season tickets with the idea probably you're going to pay some for parking, but not 50 bucks per match. And that's what they said it is. There were a lot of people on Twitter last night and on social media saying, I can't go. I I can't. I bought season tickets so that I could go to every game of the season if I want to. But I can't afford the $800 for the season for parking. So if you've had time to mull that over, if you've checked your email, if you have talked to the KC Current, we're trying to. Uh, if you have thoughts on that, feel free. 913-586-7798. We'll take a break. We'll get to your comments coming up here on KMBZ. This is how it is supposed to sound. This is the original Garth Brooks version. We're going to spare you. Well, I'll leave it up to Colin. Whether we're going to play the Travis Kelsey rendition of this from the Super Bowl rally. Um, If you miss that, Travis Kelsey absolutely drunk out of his mind, unable to stand up on the stage, slurred his way through. Not a great rendition. 
of friends in what places. And Garth Brooks noticed and was tweeting a little bit about it and made some comments about it and appreciated the attention, if nothing else. I don't know what Travis Kelsey has going on March 7th, but that is the day uh, that Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood are set to open their new Broadway bar in downtown Nashville. That's the that's the grand opening. Uh, it is called the Friends in Low Places Bar and Honky Tonk. Um, and he, I guess, uh, still does a show. They call it this Inside Studio G show. But he said, uh, "I." this is what he said, I will be at the grand opening. And he said to Travis, if you're there, I'll send a plane. If you want to come and get another shot at the song, if you want to come sing, I will send a plane. Okay, Travis can probably get himself there. He, I don't know whose jet he just took to Sydney, but he had no problem getting to Sydney to go see uh, Taylor Swift play. Uh, in Sydney, Australia. So the invitation is there if he wants to come and make an appearance. If I'm not mistaken, Taylor Swift takes a break at some point in her tour here a little bit. Um, he can he can go to Nashville and he can get a few lessons in the real in the real thing. Hopefully, do better than this. Blame it all on my roots. I sewed up in boots and ruined the Niners affair. That might be all all that I can stand. At um, this point. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know what's funny is that um, the New Heights podcast would have come out yesterday. Yeah, they pre recorded it. I've seen nothing about it. Ordinarily, my TikTok feed. Yeah, I think I saw one clip of it. Here, let me take it. But normally, it's when that show comes out every Wednesday, uh, my TikTok feed is flooded with clips of them recording the video version of the podcast, obviously. I've seen nothing about it. I. That two-minute bit that they recorded about the rally and about the shooting, that got a lot of attention. But I've not seen much coming out of the, the podcast yesterday. The only clip uh, from this one, because they pre-recorded it, they got uh, uh, the the teammate that Jason was with the night that he met Kylie. Okay. And Jason got so drunk that the teammate had to carry him out of the bar in front of the woman yes. who would later become his wife. Okay. So that, that was their guest on, on this one. Okay. I might have seen a clip of that. Sometimes what happens with that podcast is that clips will show up on TikTok or on Twitter or whatever without context. Yeah. Which is infuriating because they're doing it to get you to listen to the podcast, I guess. And it's it's a lot of times it's stuff like that where it's him talking to her. And I have no feelings about Kylie Kelsey, whatever. She's cool. Oh, I think Fine, she's cool. Whatever. Yeah. You know? She handles it well. She handles him well, obviously. Um, but there's never context to know exactly what's what's happening in those bits. So, um, <laughs> oh, man. 913. To the person that just said enough of Travis Kelsey, this is embarrassing for this station. I didn't we didn't sing it. I mean, in all seriousness, for a second, somebody said, don't embarrass him and us further by playing it again. Um I'm not going to protect him by not playing it. It's hard to listen to. And, oh, absolutely. and at some point, and I know um, Dana and Parks were talking about the opinion piece that was written earlier this week. We didn't have time to get to it, but it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for him. And it's not being talked about as much because of the violence that happened immediately after. I think if that had not happened, we'd be talking about the drunkenness a lot more oh, yeah. than we have been. Um, but what I, what I will say is it seemed like all those players, quote-unquote, sobered up pretty quick. Getting into Union Station, yeah. understanding the situation, and ho- turning it, hopefully, for the better, because we heard Manny Barca talk about 
going inside and with, with his child. And there, I assume there were others mm-hmm. that were inside Union Station with the team as well. But then yeah. you see all the players start tweeting and talking about it yeah. after it happened later on in the day, yeah. hours later even. So, I mean, I think they understood the situation enough, considering, you know, how much they were intoxicated. Or their people were tweeting for yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, which is also a possibility. I don't, I do not feel like it is embarrassing for us. It is horribly embarrassing for him. Oh, yeah. It it needs to prompt a bigger conversation about um, the tone of that parade. I loved the caller into Dayton Parks the other day that said that the Super Bowl parade and the rally is for the fans. It's for those of us that supported the team all year. And that yeah. level of intoxication was not good for the fans. It, it just wasn't necessary. Oh, oh, so God forbid we um, make a joke or I play the clip on the air. So embarrassing. Well, yeah, I'm so embarrassed. So it, embarrassed. Doing what I do here. It doesn't sound good. And you don't need to hear it to remember that it happened, but um was not his finest moment. No. And I'm okay with some drinking during the parade, but it doesn't need to be ridiculous like that. Nonetheless, uh, we'll see if he ends up taking Garth Brooks up on the offer to go to Nashville uh, coming up on March 7th. Um, I want to talk about this Machine Gun Kelly tattoo here for a second. This was on our list yesterday. Um, I couldn't... I don't know anything about Machine Gun Kelly. I rock, rap, rap turned into punk rock. Okay, um, when you sent me this picture yesterday of his tattoo, um, it looks like somebody took a can of black spray paint and spray painted the up like from the pecs up in his arms, and then drew gray stripes across it, and then there's a tattoo over his abs. The entire upper half of his torso is is black yeah completely like tattooed all over the course of his body yeah um and it doesn't look like a tattoo but it is in fact a tattoo it is ink it is ink and we were talking off the air yesterday what on earth would prompt a person to get my understanding is that you can't get a tattoo like if you're under the influence (laughs) i don't know how much they stick to that um what is going through your head that you decide to get a tattoo like that. And he has talked more about it. Um, he he's, has given, he's started to uh, to lose it in, in a ni- the nicest way that I can say. He, he's gone off the deep end a little bit, I think, these last few years. Um, so I wouldn't put this past him is what I'll say. Uh, so I'm looking for So he gave some insight into this a little bit. He's been through a, a, you know, kind of a tough time personally and mentioned that a little bit, but said he had a breakdown before he did this. Um, His real name is Colson Baker, and fans are looking into the lyrics of a piano rap ballad, which are words I've never said together before, uh, where he said, I had a breakdown and tatted my entire body except one line. And that's the line that's going across the black ink. So it's it's just a weird, weird image to see. A talented guy, I think, okay. by, by, by all means of the word. I mean, he's made music and he's been popular and he's gotten, you know, his stuff out there. So, I mean, props to him for being a good creator yeah. and a good musician. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Definitely. All right, uh, coming up, we'll take a break. Uh, Midwest Transplant Center. Uh, We have some questions about our conversation yesterday about a court's decision in Michigan, not here, but in Michigan, to say a person's verbal wishes 
again, I called it hearsay kind of because there's no there's no actual proof that she said it, but that that would overrule the insignia on your driver's license indicating your desire to be an organ donor. We will uh, get those questions answered coming up next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in here on this Thursday here on KMBZ. We had a fantastic conversation on Wednesday getting into the reasons why you would choose to be an organ donor or not. And we were talking about this case out of Michigan where a woman expressed her desire to be an organ donor and put it on her driver's license and then changed her mind but didn't get her license changed. Nonetheless, a judge said, we're going to assume that she changed her mind and did not have her be an organ donor. Raised a lot of questions. Happy to have on the line with us from the Midwest Transplant Network, Sarah Olin, Chief Stakeholder Engagement Officer there. Uh, Sarah, we appreciate the time. Hey, thank you so much for inviting us to be a part of this conversation. Uh, we appreciate it. And I think it's it's a good opportunity for us to clear up some of the um, misconceptions or some of the questions that might make someone hesitant to donate organs. And so I'm going to put that to you first. What are the reasons that you guys hear the most often that people are hesitant to donate? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think that um, it, it's very dependent on the person in the family and their history and where they come from um, and what they've heard before. Um, most religions look at organ donation as a um, true gift and that there's no higher um, opportunity to, when you help save someone else's life um, and that the religious piece of it is sometimes a concern. And so we really like to um, have their religious and spiritual leaders come into the room with us and have that conversation. Um, there's, there is some distrust about the organ donation process and what it entails and um, a lot of fear sometimes that we can help um, people overcome um, with education if they're worried about being able to have a viewing or the type of funeral service they want. So letting them know that there's nothing about organ donation that would interfere with that um, is another piece of that. Take um, me puzzle. through, sorry, if you would take me through the process a little bit, because mm -hmm. there are several organizations that I'm aware of that are involved in the process. UNOS is the one mm -hmm. that comes to mind. Yeah. And then it seems like states have their own uh -huh. their own role in it also. Um, Absolutely. Explain Midwest Transplants Network's role in it, but also more sensitively, you know, you're in the hospital, a loved one mm -hmm. has either passed or isn't in good shape. At what point do you guys come in? Mm-hmm. 
So um, Midwest Transplant Network, um, we serve the communities, the whole state of Kansas and the western third of Missouri, western half of Missouri. Um, so there's organizations, there's 56 organizations just like ours across the country that are designated by geography. Um, when people go into the hospital, the hospitals have no idea who's on the donor registry, who's not. They can't even access the donor registry, which is run by each state. So when you go to the motor vehicle department and you say, yes, I have made the decision I want to be a donor, um, the hospitals can't access that. And it is only after everything has been done to save a person's life and either they have died or are they are going to be doing brain death testing. It is only at that point that the hospital notifies Midwest Transplant Network that there is the potential opportunity for a family to give the gift of life to others through organ donation. So they're very complete separate processes um, at the hospital, um, which I think is another concern that some people have, that they may not be treated the same as the hospital knows that they're an organ donor, but the hospitals usually don't know. Um, and then if a, if a patient becomes a donor, then we also work with UNOS, which you mentioned, the United Network of Organ Sharing. They maintain the national waiting list. So everybody across the country who's waiting for an organ is on the same waiting list. And when we have a donor here in Kansas or Missouri, we enter all the information about that donor into a computerized network that matches people who have been waiting the longest, that are the sickest, that match with blood type and height and weight, and is the best match for that donor. So that's kind of one of the ways we interface with United Network for Organ Sharing. I'm glad you brought up um, the question about I'll, I'll be a little more frank about it. Somebody raised the question yesterday, the concern that if a doctor knows that you are mm -hmm. an organ donor or your loved one is an organ donor, they are going to be less likely to work hard to save that person because they know there's somebody else waiting for the organs. Mm -hmm. And studies have shown that that's one of the number one concerns that the community has. So, um, as an organ procurement organization, we are definitely into education, and so that's one of the best ways that we can help people understand that that's not something they need to be afraid of because the hospitals don't know. They don't have access to that information, and physicians take an oath that they're going to do everything they can to save their, save their patients, um, when in fact, hospitals, if, if a patient's heart stops, their loved one is not able to be a solid organ donor. So hospitals doing everything they can to help try and save someone um, helps ensure that organ donation can take place. Um, okay, take me through demand versus supply in oh, terms yeah. of, because I think we need to paint a picture of, of how serious the issue is mm -hmm. of not having enough donors. Yes. So across the country, there are over 100,000 people on the national waiting list. Um, here in Kansas and Missouri, there's over 22, 2,400 people on a given day who are waiting for a transplant. And 17 to 20 people die across our country every day because the transplant that they needed was not available to them to save their lives. So there is a definite... Um, shortage of organs for all the people who are waiting and in need um, for that life-saving gift. Where is the biggest shortage? Where, um, in, mm -hmm. in what, 
where do you have people that are dying the most while waiting? What are they waiting for? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the largest num- largest group of people on the waiting list are waiting for kidneys um, because dialysis is actually a great bridge to mm-hmm. being able to receive a transplant. So the most needed organ is kidneys um, on the waiting list. Um, people who are waiting for a heart or a liver, there's, there's short-term um, solutions to help bridge to transplant, but there's nothing like dialysis that you can be on for years and years. Um, so people who are needing hearts and livers or lungs, um, they sometimes will get too sick and will actually pass away before they get their transplant. So they drop off the waiting list. I am surprised to hear you say kidneys. There Mm -hmm. are a couple of members of my family who have Mm -hmm. donated kidneys as a living donor. Oh, that's amazing. Um, We've had kidney trouble in my family, and so my cousin donated Mm -hmm. to his dad. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you can live with one. Is that a public education problem that we don't have enough? Um, I think it's I think it's difficult when you are um, in need of a transplant. It is a really big ask to ask someone to donate to you while they're still alive. A lot of people, I think it is an education issue. Um, a lot of people have difficulty asking someone to have this fairly major surgery um, on their behalf. Um, so um, there are education um opportunities out there through the National Kidney Foundation on how do I ask for someone to help me through a living donation? Because it is definitely one of the best ways to shrink that waiting list is to help people find family members or friends or people in their community, maybe at their church, who would be willing to help save their life through donation. If you could, I want you, I've talked a little bit about the Michigan story, and I'm sure you've Mm -hmm. heard about it. Um, I was surprised to find out Mm-hmm. Um, surprised and disappointed to find out that if I was in Michigan, that my license might say one thing mm-hmm. and I, and I don't want to dismiss what this young woman said, mm-hmm. but I think in a moment of crisis or in a moment of, you know, you're, you're having health trouble or whatever in that moment, you start to change your mind. Um, mm-hmm. I was concerned a little bit that I could express one desire in my license and my family, regardless mm-hmm. of what I said, could go against what I put on that license. What did you think when you heard it? Um, I was surprised, too, a little bit. I've not heard of that happening um, anywhere else before. Maybe it has, um, but I would have been unaware of it. And first of all, you're correct. It is absolutely heartbreaking to lose a child. And my deepest sympathies go out to the family of Jasmine Phillips for their loss. Um, And... There are laws in place through the Uniform Anatomical Gift Act that we are obligated to follow the decision that someone put on their driver's license or when they signed up to be in a donor registry. Um, And so there are laws that say that we we have to follow their predetermined, legally determined wish. Um, However, we are also obligated to follow the laws of the court. Um, And yesterday, you were talking about how important it is for your family to know That's what your decision has been. Exactly where I was about to go to, yeah. 
Exactly. So, you know, we want everybody to be able to get the information they need so they can make their decision for themselves. And once you register to be a donor, the very next thing, like you said yesterday, is to talk to your family and to make sure they know what your decision is. I've been in this field for 21 years and um, worked with hundreds of families, and they're, sometimes families are surprised that their loved one made that decision and didn't tell them. And that creates, um, in the midst of their grief and tragedy, it creates a sense of um, shock and concern that they didn't know this. So what I would encourage all the listeners in this program to do is if you've made that decision or you're going to make that decision today and sign up to be a donor, um, when you're sitting at the dinner table tonight or sitting around watching TV, just say to your family, you know, hey, I was listening to this program on KMBC today, and I want you to know if anything happens to me, I want to be a donor. I want to help save somebody if I can. Most important thing that people can do. We're talking with Sarah Oland of the Midwest Transplant Network. I want to address one of the concerns that came up yesterday about mm-hmm. saying goodbye. Mm, yeah. That's I've done it. I've, I've been in that position. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a hard moment. And it's emotional, mm-hmm. especially if it's sudden and it's mm-hmm. a surprise. And the last thing you want to think about is somebody saying, OK, let's take the organs. You got to hurry up and do this. You got to hurry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the big misconceptions about how the donation process works. It's not like what you see on TV at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some time, and, and there is time um, to say goodbyes. And if families want to each have, you know, an hour with their loved one or, um, you know, some special time, they want to make some memories, they want to do a hand prints or things like that, that is a huge part. There are no do-overs in end of life situations. And we really want to support families and being able to say a goodbye in the way that is most important to them. And so we have some time um, because it takes time to match organs and evaluate and do all of those things. So families have time to, to say goodbyes in the way that's important to them and their culture and their faith community. Yeah. Sarah, is there anything else you want to add? Is there anything we haven't we haven't touched on that we should? Um, I just think that it's really important. I want to give some resources. So um, Midwest Transplant Network, we have a website, mwtnd.org. If you have questions, if you want more information on the process, there's a ton of information there and um, key resources that you can access. Um, I think if you are ready to sign up and you've made the decision that if anything happens, you want to help others by being an organ eye or tissue donor, you can go to um, registerme.org, which is the national donor registry, or sharelifemidwest.com, which will take you to Kansas or Missouri. And then, most importantly, have that conversation with your family. Absolutely. Jamie, you were you were right on yesterday when you were thinking through the process and what you heard from Michigan. I appreciate it. And frankly, it's, um, I mean, part of why I thought about it, you always look at yourself in situations like this. And I said this yesterday, I assume my mom is an organ organ donor. I don't actually know. I would Mm -hmm. assume so. She ran an emergency room for a long time. I assume she knows that I am, Mm -hmm. but we've never explicitly talked about it. Yep. And in those crisis situations, when you are grieving the, the loss, because you're never ready when someone passes away, right. it is a gift you can give to your family if they know what you wanted. 
because then they don't have to make this decision. They can follow through on what you decided. And it's a huge gift. And it just relieves a burden for them not to have to make that decision at a time that's just overwhelming and heartbreaking. Sarah, it's been a great amount of information. and You've answered a lot of questions. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Fantastic. Call us back anytime. And um, we're happy to answer any questions that the listeners may have as well. Appreciate it. Sarah Olin, Midwest Transplant Network, joining us. We'll take a break here. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. Welcome in here on a Thursday. Um, my apologies. A couple of you texted in questions about organ donation just as we were getting off the air with Sarah Oland. Um, and they're they're questions I don't know the answer to off the top of my head. Uh, they might be listening. I would encourage you to Google Midwest Transplant Network uh, and then go to their website. You can contact them. You can ask them. You can call them. If you if if there are any. If you haven't noticed, I'm a big proponent of organ donation because it saved my uncle's life. Um, if there's, if you're holding on to anything that is making you hesitant about being an organ donor, call them. Ask those questions because that is what they do. So reach out to them and get those questions answered. I'm sorry, I, I don't know the answers to a couple of these off the top of my head. Uh, so definitely reach out to them and they will certainly... Uh, answer those questions for you. Uh, Coming up after 11 o'clock, last night is when we knew this was coming for a couple of days there, but we now have a formal group put together now opposing that 3.8 cent sales tax extension vote that's coming up on April 2nd. Uh, They met earlier in the week. They did a big public meeting yesterday at Truman Sports Complex. We will have um, David Johnson's going to join us. He's a board member for the Crossroads Community Association is going to talk to us after 11 o'clock more about that opposition. So we'll get to that coming up Uh, while we have a couple of minutes here. uh, Tonight is going to be the last episode for Sam Waterston, the actor on Law and Order. Um, I'm of the age where I started watching the original Law and Order when it premiered with Jerry Orbach and Chris Noth. Some of the some of you listening have no clue who I'm talking about, but those were the original two cops on Law and Order back when I was in grade school, junior high. Sam Waterston has been the DA Jack McCoy on Law and Order since 1994 during the fifth season. So premiered in 1989. Yeah, I would have been 10 years old. Um, and tonight's his last episode. He and he's talking a little bit about what it means now to be walking away. Uh, he said, because keep in mind, if you remember, Law and Order, the original was done. They ended it. There are so many spinoffs now. SVU is more popular than the original. And it hit, uh, I think it was just a couple of years ago. And then it came back. It was only gone for like a year or a season or two. And then it came back. And he said, his quote was, I knew I was going to leave when I came back. I knew that after they revived it, um, I was totally wrong. Series finale was 2010, and in 22, they came back. He said, I knew it. I knew when we brought it back that I would participate and I would still be on it, but that I wouldn't, I wouldn't last that long. And the headline out of Fox News was, he's drunk on freedom after decades on the hit show. Dude, you could have left any time. Um, he also says he's not ruling out the possibility of coming back on. Um, my favorite part about this announcement, I like Sam Waterston a lot. He's been in a lot of things. He did 400 episodes of that show as that character. What I love about it is that actor Tony Goldwyn, who played the bad guy in the movie Ghost, the name escapes me, but also played the president in the, mo- in the uh, TV show Scandal. Tony Goldwyn, he's just a great actor and just a really great guy from what you hear. He is going to join Law & Order now as the new district attorney. 
And what great, that is such great casting. I just love him in that role. He can be kind of that intimidating big authority figure. So I would assume then um, he makes his premiere then next week. So I'm curious to know how you wrap up a character like Jack McCoy on a series that has been on for so long. Uh, But Sam Waterston, his final episode comes up on Law & Order uh, later tonight. Okay, Uh, if you have questions now about the move, potentially, of the Kansas City Royals to the Crossroads District, if you have questions about parking, if you have questions about some of the opposition, we're hoping to get some of those answered. Uh, Feel free to text those in, 913-586-7798. David Johnson joins us coming up next here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.